By nature, I'm kind of a worker bee. I don't know if any of you are like that. Uh, kind of, I like to put my head down and, and say, all right, we're going to do this, we'll just do this thing, and kind of, I don't really look up and take a look at the land. I, it's good to sometimes get my head up, for all of us to get our heads up and look around and evaluate and say, where are we at and where are we going and, and what's happening? So we're going to try to do that a little bit this morning uh, as we move here into 2018. So that being said, I will go ahead and pray for us and we'll, we'll jump into our message. God, it's a pleasure as it is every Sunday morning to come before you in worship, in spirit, and in truth, and as a family of believers. And God, I thank you so much for the the time of, of singing this morning, the time of fellowship. God, may our words and our hearts be lifted up to you. May we glorify you in all the things that we're doing here. And Lord, as we uh, continue to look into the future as as much as we can and and try to make wise decisions, I ask that you would guide us as individuals, as families, as a church. God, the thing that matters the most, in my opinion, and what I see from Scripture, is that your gospel would go forth. And that's the mission that we want to be on. I was to walk away even today with a clarity on that fact. Thank you for Jesus for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Or think of that song, How Great Thou Art. Lord, you didn't have to do any of that. But you did. And so we declare how great you are for sending your son Christ to die in our place to pay the penalty for the sins that each one of us have committed. Lord, we lift up our time to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's talk about the state of the church. Sometimes it's good to look back and say, where have we been? And so in 2017, what happened? And if you were here last week, of course, you heard a bit, and I'm not going to necessarily rehash and go through all that. I think Brad did a great job talking about what God has done here in our church in the past couple of years, for sure. But what happened? Well, the big thing that happened, and again, if you were not here last week, the recording from that time from our multiplication celebration is online at our website. I'd encourage you to check it out and listen and hear what God has been doing. So what happened? Here's the big thing. We planted a church in 2017. We, as in all of us as a church, planted a new church in 2017. There you see it. It's called now Parker Firehouse Church. For those of you who missed it, we went for two years. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, we had a campaign, we raised some money, and we said, all right, we're going to send this group of people to Parker to see if that's a viable thing. And so for two years, we operated as one church in two locations. And then as of January 1st, we are now two churches. That means we have separate finances, we have separate leadership, we have separate organizations, we are separate. And that is for God's glory. It's not a division, right? I think we talked about that a little bit. Rich might have mentioned it last week where some churches, they say, all right, we're going to have a split or we're going to have a division. No, this is a multiplication where we've said, yeah, in unity, we see how God has opened up an opportunity for us to do this and to multiply. And we see that there is less drag on the gospel going forth by having this arrangement. And so that's what we've done. And that is a big deal. We talked about that last week. This does not happen very much. 
It doesn't happen very much in our culture. And even though our church movement is one of planting churches, this is not a typical thing that happens. And so we praise God for what he has done. And I want to again, on behalf of Brad and I, express thanks to you guys. A big thanks. Realistically speaking, when we look at it, this group of people right here made a tremendous sacrifice. You guys gave the lion's share of the money to make it happen. And I thank you for that. I thank you for stepping forth and doing that in faith. And also, I think there's more than just that. We could say, okay, well, maybe we gave more of the money and they did a lot of the work. Well, I think you guys did a lot of the work because this church is healthier today than it was two years ago. And that's because you guys are invested in connecting with our church and with each other. So again, I want to say thank you so much. Your effort to drive things forward here is critical. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I say it enough? Probably not. That being said, that's about all I want to say about planning a church. If you've got any questions, I know sometimes we do these things and maybe we, we miss or we're sick or we're not here on a Sunday or we don't always get the communication. Brad and I are an open door. Please just ask us. If you've got questions about how did this happen or what did it look like or what's it mean, just ask us. We're glad to talk about it. There's no secrets about this or anything. This is a great thing and we're thankful to God that this is happening. So... Was that another thing that happened in 2017 is we saw a growth in connections. I hope you all sense that in our churches. There's been a growth of connecting with each other. Brad mentioned this last week, and I know this morning he announced about gospel groups. In our church, of people who we look at it and you say, yeah, you consider this a church home, there's more than 80% participation in our gospel groups. And that's up about 20% from where it was a year ago. And we, we're not big on numbers, and that's okay. But we say, man, what does that indicate? Numbers indicate connections. Our Sunday morning attendance is up over the course of a year as well. And beyond that, I'm observing, I know Brad is too, we're observing life-on-life interaction outside of these walls. So you guys connect with each other. And we're so encouraged by what God is doing. And there's many of you who are here today, a year ago, think back to a year ago, January, what is it, the 14th? January 14th, 2017, there's several of you who are sitting here today who did not call this your church home a year ago, and yet today you do. And we thank God for you because we have prayed for you to join us. To be part of this family. And so if you're sitting here today and you go, yeah, you're a guy, I was part of this church, you are an answer to prayer. We're so thankful for you. So we've grown in these connections at our church, and that's what's happening. And then as there's change and we've planted a church, we understand things can, sometimes you can get confused and say, wait, what's going on? And that rich guy, and is he still the pastor? What? I thought, I just wanted to give you just a quick sort of, here's an overview of kind of how leadership is at our church and the structure and who it is. And we really see leadership as serving. Some ways I go, man, I, I'm one of the pastors. Brad and I are the pastors. We almost, we really see ourselves as kind of the first servants. We want to be, you know, servant of all. That's our goal here. And so this is not a hierarchy. We don't have a pyramid structure. Every organization has to have leadership. And so here's what it is. Just so you know, so it's very clear and you go, oh, okay, these are our pastors. Who are our pastors? It's me and Brad. We're the pastors. 
For now, we trust that the Lord, our our church movement, the way that we see things in Scripture is that pastors are raised up from within. So we're not going to go out and find somebody else and hire them to bring here. We trust that whoever the next pastor is is probably sitting right here today. Let that one sink in, all of you. We also have leadership in these gospel groups. I just wanted to show these people on the screen here. Um, You can see all of their names of the people who are leading out in these things. And again, they're sort of the first servant. There's no hierarchy. They're not in command. They're just the ones who've stepped up and said, yeah, we'll lead this and do this thing. So we're so thankful for those people. And then, of course, we also have some deacons in this church as well. And in our church, we really look at the scripture and say, it seems like... The office of deacon is one that is so for someone to, to lead out very specifically in a very specific area of ministry and doing something to take things off of the plate of other people, other pastors and so forth. And these three guys, Jeremy and Daryl and Rob, are working as deacons and have been for a number of years in our church. And I don't have it up here too. You see Jeremy there is worship. And I just want to say, I, I don't know, could all of us, could we give a hand to the people who lead us in worship every week? I'm so thankful for you guys. I know, I, I, this is true. As I observe it, and I know Brad has too, and as I talk to a number of people in the church, we see tremendous growth in our worship experience here on Sunday mornings. And so we're just thankful for you guys just having a heart to serve and lead us in all of that every week. So thank you guys. We really appreciate you. So, all right. There's just a little overview. If you're new here, you go, oh, okay, that's that's how this church is structured. So there we go. So here we are, 2018, January 14th. What now? That's a good question to ask. What now? What are we doing now, Greg? We planted this church. It's a great question. And here is the big answer that you've all been waiting for. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's the short answer. I don't know what the future holds. And I confess that, you know what, my thoughts and my prayers have probably not been particularly focused on this recently. Why? Well, planting a church has consumed a lot of bandwidth here. It really has. It's consumed a lot of bandwidth of leadership, of administration, of our organization. And that's all good. I mean, realistically, six months ago, we were thinking we were going to continue on as one church in two locations. And so in the course of six months, all of the decisions and everything that needed to be made happened. And that took up a lot of our time and our thought and our effort and our prayers. And so I just confess, like, I have not been wrestling with what is our church doing and where are we going? And so I own that. And I can't really give you a super clear vision of, yeah, this is what we're doing and this is where we're going and we're going to do this and this and this and this and this. So part of my goal for this year is to really get focused on that. And Brad's too, and I hope yours will be as well. But here's the good news. Even though I don't know, God knows what 2018 has in store for us as a church and as individuals. And something I've learned too is that while God knows the big picture in my experience, when we say, God, can you show us where we're going and what we're doing? He doesn't usually give us the whole picture, does he? He gives us a little piece and a little piece and a little piece. I read this verse this week going through the one-year Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I find great encouragement in that scripture. 
Because I think God is the one who makes our paths straight and sometimes we think, okay, that means he's going to show me the whole path from here to the end. I don't think that's what it means. We did a project several years ago, we referred to it last week, we renovated this building and it was a huge process. But it took a lot of faith and the, one of the reasons it took a lot of faith was all of the doors were not open all the way from start to finish. God, we got the sense God was saying, go this way and I'll open the doors. And so we in faith walked through one door and then we walked through another door. We walked through another door. They weren't all open so we could see all the way to the end. And I think that's how life is and I think that's how churches are and I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be in faith. So, we aim to take steps of faith. We should do that as individuals, as families, as churches. So Brad and I know, just so you know, kind of our plan here of what we're going to do is we're going to get together and we're going to seek God and seek God's wisdom. We're going to trust in the Lord with our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. And frankly, not having a second location really frees us up. While it may have consumed a lot of bandwidth over time, now we're free from that. And we have more time to focus and say, God, what would you have us do? And we're going to pray. Brad and I are committed to praying about this specifically. And I'm going to even take some time and get away and pray specifically by myself here just to seek the Lord. And we're going to ask for counsel. We've got regional directors who can help us. We've got other pastors we can talk to. We'll talk to some of you, I'm sure, as well about, do you see this? Do you see that? What do you think? Seeking counsel and getting help for that. So some action steps we have for all of us, some things I think all of us can do. What should we do? We should pray. And so I would encourage you this. While Brad and I are going to pray and I'm going to get some time away, here's some things that maybe you could do to help us as a church. I'm guessing most of you spend time in prayer daily or you read your Bible daily. We talked about that last year and going through the one-year Bible. I would challenge you daily, remember, to pray for this church and for where God is leading us, that he would reveal his wisdom to us. Write it down have a reminder in your journal or whatever. I would encourage you to occasionally... Maybe take your lunch break. You work in an office and you have a lunch break. You say, you know what, I'm going to take my lunch. I'm going to go somewhere by myself. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to eat and I'm going to pray. I'm going to take an hour in the morning and I'm going to pray and, and do that occasionally. And pray specifically for our church and for where God is leading us. And maybe even some of you have that bandwidth and you say, you know what, I could take off a whole day and maybe I'll go hiking or I'll do something else, but I'm going to be devoted in that to praying. And asking God to show where we should go. And you could obviously pray for a lot of things in your life and your family. And there would be a big blessing in all of that as well. And so while we're waiting, in addition to prayer, what are some things we can do? What should we do? Well, I think the first thing is that we need to embrace that we are on a mission. Whether we know exactly what all the steps are and where God is leading us, we know God has given us a mission. And we summarize a mission this way. Reach the world with Jesus, starting here. See, when we think about the faith that we have, it is good news. It is not religion. Let's be really clear about that. We're not trying to spread religion. We're not trying to convert. So when we say reach, reach doesn't mean convert. It means tell other people about this good news that we have. The good news that we have and it's changed our lives. It's to tell people about that. 
You guys have seen me put this quote up here before from the, uh, the magician, Vegas performer, Penn Jillette, who's an avowed atheist. And he said this about the gospel. He said, if I believe that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there is a certain point where I tackle you. And this, the gospel, is more important than that. We believe that's true. <clears throat> so go back to our mission statement. We're going to reach with good news. Who? The world. Well, who is the world? That means everybody. Everybody from our kids. You have kids in your home. It's reaching your kids all the way out to the very ends of the earth. That's who the world is. The good news is for everyone. And we believe that as a church. And now we're not going to be scattered and just trying to run out and, oh, we're going to go do all these things. Nope. We trust that most of the opportunities we have are right there in our spheres of influence. We take those opportunities. We see our mission. We're going to reach the world with Jesus. Well, with Jesus kind of has a dual meaning. It means with Jesus. It means his gospel, the person of Jesus. That's the message. The message that we get to others is the gospel. But it also means he's guiding us. We're going with him. By the power of the Holy Spirit and his guidance, we are going to follow Christ. We're going to reach the world with him, not on our own, with him. And then at the end, starting here. Where does starting here mean? Well, it means right here in our neighborhood, right where you live, in your neighborhood, at your workplaces. But it also means right inside our hearts. Starting right here in my heart is where reaching the world with Jesus happens. It starts right here inside of us. And so we know this is clear. This is what we should do because this is what we have been doing and nothing has changed and nothing will ever change. This is what we will always do if we're following Christ. We also need to recognize specifically as a church that we are facing an important juncture. And that important juncture is... With our building. Got a picture of it here. It seems funny to have a picture of our building while we're sitting inside of our building. You could just look around. Now, let's be really clear. A church is not a building. This physical home is not our building. Oh, I have a a verse here. I love this one. You've heard me share this a number of times from Peter, 1 Peter 2. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The church is the people, you and me. You guys remember the kids' nursery rhyme? Did you guys ever do this? Like, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and there's all the people, right? You guys, you guys remember that? It's kind of backwards, though. It's sort of like, here's the church, right? It's what it should be. It's the people. In some ways, you kind of go, well, what? we don't even have a steeple unless you count the radio antenna out there. We don't need a steeple. That's not what it's about. It's about the people. That's what the church is. It's you and me. But something we've learned over time is that a physical home is a key factor to what a church does and can do, right? So many things we couldn't do if we weren't in this building. So many things we couldn't do. And it changed those first years where we were nomads as a church. And we moved around from place to place. And Rich put some of those pictures up last week. It changed when we moved in here. 
It didn't change our mission. It didn't change our focus, but it changed what we did. And so it's an important piece of what we're doing, and we're facing an important juncture with our church. One way or another, this building has played an important role in the life of our church, and it will, by God's grace, continue to do so. And I thank God for this pile of bricks that we're sitting in today. But here's the juncture. The juncture is that we actually don't own this building. And so those of you who are new probably don't even realize we don't own this building. We're under a lease. And that lease is up in 33 months. You know, 33 months, that doesn't seem very long. It's coming up fast. And so we know this. That lease, the status quo, something has to change. Something is going to change. By the time 33 months rolls around, one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to stay here and keep meeting in this building and using it and seeing the Lord work here or not. And so if we stay here, it almost assuredly means because of what's happened in this neighborhood since seven years ago we moved in, the rent is going to go way up. In fact, our rent hasn't gone up. It's gone up this year, son. That's built into our contract. The rent has gone up. If the rent doesn't go up, there has to be some sort of alternative arrangement. Could we buy this building? I don't know. Might we have to go into a part-time lease where we don't get it all the time and we're just here on Sunday mornings? That's a possibility too. Could God intervene miraculously? Of course he could. He could do all of those things. That's one option is staying here. Another option would be going somewhere else. And that stresses me out a lot because that also means, well, probably going to have to pay more rent. It probably means we'll have to do another renovation project. It means we probably would have to move to a different neighborhood or a different city because there's not really any other options in this neighborhood. At this juncture today, I would prefer to stay here because this is a central location for all of us. Clearly attracting visitors. This is a growing neighborhood. We love being here. In 2017, you know, we had these connect cards. A number of you probably have those this morning to fill out. We had over 80 of those, 80 people filled out cards. The actual number of visitors is probably two to three times that. There's some churches we know of in other places who never see that kind of visitor traffic. And so we go, wow, there is an opportunity where people are looking and striving and trying to find out what is Jesus about. And we have an opportunity here. You know, there's nothing in our ministry or outreach that says, yeah, we got to move. There's, you know, we look in Acts and there's that time where the apostles are like, well, this isn't good. We're going to, it's not going to work and we're going to shake the dust off our sandals. We don't feel like that's the case here. We don't see any reason to shake the dust off our sandals and go away from here. But let's be really clear about the urgency of this. We go, oh, it's 33 months. They got time. Well, you know what? When we came to this building, it took two years from the time we first found this building to the time we had our first service here. And so if God's plan is to move us on, and I, I hope it's not, man, I really hope and pray that it's not. But if it is, we can't wait 32 months. We have to figure something out sooner than that. And I present all this because I kind of goes back to, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I want you to know, because then you can pray. Say, yeah, we're going to trust God that he's going to do something here for us. And so regardless of which path we go on, we want to pray for and pursue a few things. The first one is this. We want to hear from God regarding our vision and our future. James 1.5 tells us why to do that. If any of you lacks wisdom, 
That's me. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Well, that's good news. So I'm going to be asking God for wisdom. I hope you will too. Even just ask him on my behalf, I guess. If you don't want to ask him for your own wisdom, ask him on my behalf. So that's one thing we're going to do. Another thing we're going to do is we're going to maximize the time and the opportunity before us. I love this from Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Making the best use of the time. Look guys, there are souls that we need to see saved. There are disciples to be made. There are marriages to be built. There are kids to raise. This church, our family, and our building, and organization has unused capacity. Let's use it. Let's see it used. Let's be on that mission together. These are the things that we should do. And so here's some action steps. I've already said the first one, but we can't emphasize it enough. Pray. Let's pray together for God to draw the lost to us and us to the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10. That's the mission. We want to see the lost saved. Not because it builds us up, but because it brings glory to God. It defeats the devil and his plan to keep people separated from God. And it brings people into an eternal relationship with God. That's what we want to do. That's our mission. Let's pray that God would be drawing the lost to us and us to the lost. I think we can also pray that God would add to our numbers. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's right and good to pray for this. Let's pray that God would add to our numbers. Man, and if some of you are here and you're visitors, we'd love for you to be added to our numbers. Be added. Be part of what our church is doing. We are praying, and again, some of you are answers to these prayers. We are praying that God would send us committed disciples. Those who are following him. We're praying that God would send servant-hearted people into our midst. We're praying that God would send evangelists. Now, I think we're all evangelists, but he would send gifted evangelists whose gift is communicating the gospel. We're asking that God would send us those who are gifted in making relational connections with each other. You guys can pray for these things, too. Another thing we can pray for is that God would walk us into his paths of wisdom. Again, James 1.5. Ask God... And he gives generously. God generously gives us wisdom. Let's ask him for wisdom that he would walk us into his paths in 2018. Another action step would be to connect. Connect as you have into gospel groups. We talked about gospel groups earlier. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. See, we can do that some on Sundays. But the place where the real stirring up happens is in those groups, life on life with each other. Not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If you're not in a gospel group, man, get in one. You're in a 20%. Let's get into that 80%. Let's make it 90% and 95%. Again, it's not about numbers, but it's because we go, wow, there is good fruit for our lives when we do this. There is good fruit for our lives. 
And now if you are in a gospel group, I challenge you with this. Start dreaming, start praying, start talking about the opportunity to draw others in so that you could multiply those groups. So instead of six, we have 12. Would you dare to dream that? Whoa, that's crazy. Because group multiplication requires you connecting others into whatever group you're in. So I would encourage you, draw others in so we could do that, so we could have more connection and more community. You can also invite others into our community. I love this verse in Romans 15. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Has Christ welcomed you? He has. Welcome others. Invite them into our community. That's what it's going to take. We could do random outreach events and open the doors and say, hey, everybody, come in. But I think the main place where people are going to hear about the gospel or about becoming a disciple is personal outreach. And so think about your lives and think about your communities and think about your gospel groups and think about all the things you have going on. And you go, man, you know, I know somebody or I know some people who... Man, I'd really love for them to hear the gospel. I'd really like them to be drawn closer to Christ. Well, I would encourage you, grab a group of people and build an outreach. Build an outreach around those people. About that family or that person. Go and reach them. Invite them in to this community. Another thing we can do is we can serve. Serve each other wholeheartedly. We connect that way through love. Serve one another, it says in Galatians 5. Serve one another. And man, we saw great growth this year in serving, and we still have all of those opportunities. We have scheduled opportunities on Sunday mornings. You could jump in, just talk to the right person in our cafe serving coffee or with connecting with visitors or our Sunday school or the worship or the sound or the multimedia and so on and so forth. There are opportunities that still abound. Make 2018 a time where you go, man, I grew in serving. Took those opportunities. And there are unscheduled opportunities to serve when folks are having babies or other needs in the hospital or a loss of family members or those sort of things. We have a chance to provide meals and to help and provide mercy. Take those opportunities as they come up. But then even as we've served, we said this last week, don't forget. Don't let serving replace connecting with others. Use serving as a platform for connecting, not a substitute. And so in addition to praying, in addition to connecting, we can do this. We can maximize our ownership, like I referred to. Let's maximize the time. Let's maximize the opportunity. If God says, you know what, you guys need to move on from here and move on to somewhere else. Man, could it be as 200 people instead of 100 people? How about that? I go, wow, we would have maximized the time, Ephesians 5, making the best use of the time. Let's be able to say, we gave it everything we had. We gave it everything we had, regardless of what path God wants us to walk into. Let's give it everything we've got. And so we just planted a church. And I think about those guys in Parker, and I've been, you know, for two years we were there and helping, and I was like, wow, this is an all-hands-on-deck situation for those guys. You've got to show up, you've got to be there, you've got to serve, you've got to work, it's got to be hard. I've been there. I was there with this church. When we started this church 13 years ago, it was all-hands-on-deck. And here's my encouragement to you. Let's keep that attitude now, right here in this church, all hands on deck. Let's pray. 
Pray fervently and connect with each other and be committed to that and to serving. And let's maximize our ownership. Let's maximize our potential as a church together. And so that's the state of our church. And so I'd say this, and I'll close in prayer. I'd say this, will you join me and Brad and all the rest of us? Would you join us in 2018 in going after the Lord? Let's pray. God, we want to make the best use of the time set before us. And God, I confess, Lord, and maybe I even need to ask for forgiveness for not being more focused on what would you, specifically would you have us be doing here. But God, we trust you're going to lead us into paths of wisdom because, God, we confess we don't, we don't have the wisdom. And so, Lord, we're asking and trusting in your promise that you said you'll give generously. So, Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom as a church, as individuals, as families, as to how we should walk forward. And, God, I thank you that you have made it clear that we are to be on mission, to go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, as we say it, reach the world with Jesus starting here. And so, God, we commit before you today that in 2018, we will be on that mission. We will be on that mission. So, Lord, we ask for your help in that. Lord, help us to continue to connect. God, I'm so thankful for all of the new connections and relationships and people who are drawn in and people who were not sitting here a year ago who are sitting here today. And again, Lord, we don't, we don't worship the numbers and we don't worship statistics. We worship Christ alone. And we see numbers and statistics as a reflection of you working in lives and hearts. And so we glorify you, all glorious to you for that, Lord. Lord, we want to maximize the opportunity set before us in our lives and here at our church. Please help us in that. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.